Well, welcome. If you don't uh, have classes with me in the School of Education, that's where you can find me. I taught in LISD for a few years, was the principal at uh, Hardwick Elementary, at Roscoe Wilson Elementary, at J.T. Hutch Junior High and Middle School, at Estacada High School, was the associate superintendent for LISD and in charge of half the district and elementary schools. And then I escaped here. I just cannot hold a job. Uh, But we'll work on that. Uh, shout out to my mom and dad, and especially dad, I want to let you know I pr- some things I appreciate about him. Uh, my dad was a mailman, and he could have taken off on his days off, on his vacation time, and golfed with buddies, played softball, uh, hung out. Instead, he invested in his three boys, and so we would go camping and hiking, uh, rafting down canyons. Uh, he'd show up at our games when he could. Uh, he would be the one that taught us to pray at night and at meals, uh, to pray when we had concerns and sometimes just to pray because. He was the one that modeled reading scripture as well. Uh, he also, for better or worse, was the one that taught me uh, doodling because he needed to keep me quiet in church apparently when I was very small. Uh, but he also taught me, uh, presented my, my love of history. And so he was one, he didn't care how many cars we passed uh, on the way to wherever our destination was. If we saw a historical marker, we stopped and read it. And I loved reading those with him and still have some special memories of those, especially those connected with what I'm going to share today. And uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about a person whose birthday is in two days. So happy birthday to him. My apologies if you're to my back, but maybe we can see you somewhere. This person uh, grew up poor as a farmer, uh, I guess a child of a farmer, and unfortunately his mother died when he was young, and so consequently dad decided this, this is not a good thing, so dad remarried, and we give stepmoms a really bad deal, I'm afraid, but in his case, he loved his stepmom, had a great uh, relationship with her, she loved him, she supported him emotionally, and he got to where he would... Uh, play tricks on her in a good way, and they just really got along. He loved learning and he loved school, but because dad needed him on the farm, he didn't get to go to school very often. In fact, if you add up all of the days he attended school between the time he was 6 and 18, you get one year, one year of schooling. But he would borrow books, and initially a stepmom helped him with that, but anybody that had a book, he would try and borrow it because he wanted to learn as much as he could, and he knew books was a way to do that. He ended up borrowing books, and his, his personal hero was George Washington, and so he read about all he could on, on Washington, but any book was of interest to him. And uh, as he got older, he got tall, he was strong, and he needed a job, so he got a job taking farmer's goods down the river to market. And he showed up for that job, and he was real excited, except he found out that the, uh, the barge he was supposed to use was still in the tree stage. So he had to chop down the trees, construct the barge, then load it, then take it to market. And when he got to market, that was the first time that he came across something that really disturbed him, and that was the slave market. And he saw human beings being auctioned off. And he said, one of these days... I'd like to have an opportunity to do something about that. His next real job, he found a partner and he decided to go into business in a new community and they opened a general store. And you need to be careful about who you choose as a partner. Uh, He was not. 
His partner had a drinking problem, and his partner drank all of the profits, and they ended up in bankruptcy. Before they ended up in bankruptcy, because they were the store, they were also the postmaster, or he was, and he would carry his letters, their letters, any mail that came that people didn't pick up, he would carry it in his hat, and he'd be walking back home or walking uh, to visit with other people, and if he came across them, he'd take off his hat, pull out their letter, and deliver it to them. He was bothered that he ended up having to file for bankruptcy, and some people would walk away from that, but he ended up taking on that personal debt himself and eventually paying every uh, creditor off. He decided that he needed a new vocation. Again, reading served him well. He studied law on his own. He ended up apprenticing, and he got a job as a lawyer with a law firm. And eventually, he used his communication skills to his advantage. He could take something difficult and make it understandable to just about anyone. And consequently, if you had a case, he was your man. He ended up winning more cases before the Illinois Supreme Court than any other attorney of his day. He was the guy you wanted taking on your court case. He'd fallen in love with a woman and planned to get married. And unfortunately, kind of like we have COVID, they had other things and she died. He went into a deep, dark depression. Later on, he met another woman, a Southern belle named Mary Todd. And he decided, I think I want to marry her, uh, but I think I need to meet her first. So he, he ended up going to a dance of all things and asked her to dance and he was a little clumsy. He stepped on her feet. Uh, he looked awkward. And afterwards, he said, Miss Todd, I just want you to know I wanted to dance with you in the worst way. And she said, Mr. Lincoln, indeed, you did dance with me in the worst way. They ended up marrying. Uh, and interesting enough, he ran for office, three different offices, ended up losing all of them, but eventually decided to run for president. Uh, and you may be wondering, well, where's the beard? Well, Lincoln never had a beard until the presidential election. And he got a letter from an 11-year-old girl named Grace, and she said, I've seen pictures of you in the newspaper, and your face is so thin uh, and long, and I really think if you would grow a beard, grow some whiskers, you would look really handsome. And consequently, the women would tease their husbands, and they would tell them to vote for you, and you would win the presidential uh, election. So he did. And he did. That's Abraham Lincoln. And one of the things that I didn't share with you is that uh, he ended up not only with a lot of, of trials and obstacles, but he ended up with a lot of criticism. People criticized him because he struggled with his faith as an adult. Uh, and they criticized him because even though he believed in God and read the scriptures, he wasn't willing to... Uh, endorse one particular denomination or join one particular church, even though his family went to one church in Springfield and to one church while he was president in D.C. They criticized him because he believed God wanted slavery to end. They criticized him because he signed the Emancipation Proclamation, freeing the slaves in the South. They criticized him because he didn't free the slaves in the North, but he didn't have the authority to do that. They criticized him because he worked to free those slaves as well. They were constantly criticizing him. And then I got to thinking about us people in general. You know, we, we feel pretty good about uh, what we're doing most of the time, and we like to be in control. And we feel like we can tell God, we got this. It's ours. We got this. We can handle it uh, until we can't. 
And people are like that. Maybe Texans are like that even more than others. And it reminds me, Stephen Furtick uh, told me about a story in Second Kings, and you may be familiar with it. And the king of Israel at the time was not particularly leaving, living and leading uh, like he should have been, but the Israelites were still the chosen people of God. And they had an enemy. Uh, we would call that, I guess, modern-day Syria, and the king wanted to wipe them out. And he would set up these ambushes and these battles that he just knew were going to end the Israelites. Uh, and unfortunately, God would tell... Elisha, what was going to happen? And he would tell the king, go a different way, take a different route, stay a little bit longer, go this other direction. And it really infuriated the Syrian king. And so he wanted to know which of his men was a traitor and was telling, telling uh, their plans. And they said, we're not. Apparently, God is telling this Elisha character and Elijah's telling the king. So he says, get rid of this Elisha guy. Well, he doesn't send a couple of commandos. He sends an entire army to this town. And Elisha's servant wakes up and goes to see the sunrise. And what he sees is that the town is surrounded by this army. And word on the street is that they're there for Elisha. So he goes to tell Elisha, we got problems. They're here for you. And, and, and there's, there's so many of them. What are we going to do? And he says to his servant, you don't need to worry about this. They, those that are with us are more than are with them. He says, what are you talking about? And Elisha didn't pray that this army would go away or that they would be defeated. He prayed that his servant's eyes would be open. And when they were, he was able to see that God had provided an outer circle of chariots and horses that were there to protect and be called into battle whenever God was ready. That provision's there. And I got to thinking, that's just like us today. We think we can handle everything. But then stuff happens, and then we start to fall apart, and we start to worry. You see, we know that we've got all these incredible skills, but then our soccer coach quits, and they cancel all of our games for the rest of the season. We're ranked number one in the nation in D2, but then we lose to a non, uh, non-rated team. Uh, we, we have this great scholarship, but then we blow some grades and some tests, and now they're thinking about pulling our scholarship. We have a family member that's really ill. Uh, and maybe feel, dealing with COVID. We have a loved one, perhaps, that has died unexpectedly, uh, and we have to deal with that. We get notice that our job's being cut, and we're about to be unemployed. And all we can see is this army that's coming to attack us. And what we need to do, perhaps, is not pray for those obstacles to go away, but realize that God has provided a provision for us. We just need to be aware that it's already out there, and he is there protecting us, And he is there encouraging us, and he is there providing for us if we will just simply open our eyes and be aware of it. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for the life and the service of Abraham Lincoln. I thank you for the lessons that are there for us in your word to provide lessons and encouragement as we live our own lives today. I pray that we will not be overcome by challenges overwhelmed by obstacles, but that we might indeed have our eyes open and know that you are with us, you are providing provision, and that we can go forward being bold, being strong, being confident, because you are our God and you come with us. In the name of Jesus, may you be glorified in our words and our deeds. Amen. You're dismissed.